We're thankful on this Lord's Day morning that we have the wonderful privilege of assembling together to worship God. We're glad that you're here. It's good to see our Betty, sister Betty Smith able to be with us today. She's having some physical difficulties now, but she was able to come out to be with us today, and we're so glad of that. Among our visitors, we have our friends Larry and Susan Page visiting from Florida. We were next-door neighbors here in Chattanooga for many years. Our kids grew up together, and we've been friends for more than 40 years. The reason they left that good, warm Florida weather was to come up here to cold Tennessee because Larry had a babysitting job. My wife's been out of town, and he, she needed someone to take care of her little boy, and Larry graciously filled in. He's done a good job, Larry. I appreciate it, brother. Last week, we talked about being God's child, how wonderful it is to be a, God, a child of God. We talked about the fact that Christianity is who I am, and I will do right because I'm a child of God, and I will glorify God in my life. I want to continue that reason this morning with our thinking to how we accomplish those points as being children of God. I want us to be strengthened and encouraged today as we live our lives for God. Sadly, sometimes we as Christians get in the routine or the rut of, I've got to go to church, the church wants me to do that, and they think I've got to do this and all those kinds of things, and church becomes an obligation. I want us to dispel that thought from our mind. I want us to appreciate and be so thankful for who we are. We're children of God. We are blessed every day because of what he does for us. Let us thank him frequently and daily for our, those blessings. And let us demonstrate by the way we live our lives how important that is to us. And because we are God's children, we want to demonstrate that in our lives and show it by the way we live our lives every day. We want to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. You've heard me say it a million times, think about heaven every day. Because that's where our focus should be while we're here on this earth. We get the privilege someday in eternity of being in the eternal press with God forever and ever. The gracious, wonderful Father we've had who's blessed us so richly. <clears throat> and just as we are as, as earthly fathers... Want our children to grow up and mature, to be successful, so does our Heavenly Father have the same desire for us. He wants us to mature and grow in Christianity, to be the kinds of people He wants us to be. Yes, we're here, His children, born into His family, but we mature and we learn and grow and strengthen ourselves to be successful in the Word of God. God has shown us through his word that we can be successful. Let's quit looking on Christianity as a drudgery and a have to, but as a beautiful, wonderful privilege. I get to be God's child and I want to show the world by the way I live my life. The things I say and think and do and the things I don't say and think and do. That I'm a child of God. When we do that, we're better because of it. The world is better because of it. And God is glorified because of it. How wonderful that is. Point number one in our lesson this morning. As God's child, I will trust God completely. I will trust God. We just sung that song, Trust and Obey. I want to look at two passages in the Old Testament. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. If you're using a pew Bible, you'll find that on page 536. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5.
Because I'm God's child, I will trust him. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That's trust, isn't it? Complete confidence in God. And look back at verse number 4 and you get the result of doing that. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding, success in the sight of God and man. You want to be successful in life? The wisest man who ever lived told you exactly how to do that. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 31, verse number 19. Psalm chapter 31, verse 19. If you're using the Pew Bible in the Old Testament, that's page uh, 486. Psalm chapter 31. Verse number 19, the psalmist said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of God. It's easy to trust God in the church house and when you're at worship. But how about in the world every day? Does the world see that we are trusting God more than ourselves? Or more than the fun and free frivolity and the politics of the day. We trust God all day, every day in our lives. Remember Job said throughout all of his turmoil, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Oh, is that not exactly what Jesus Christ did when he went to Calvary's cross? Yes, Jesus was the son of God, but Jesus was a human. Going to the cross knowing the horror and the pain and the agony that he would suffer there. But he did it because he trusted God, knowing what would happen on that Lord's day. To trust something means to have complete confidence in it. I am 100% sure that it is right. I can trust God's word absolutely, without question or without doubt. My problem as a limited, finite human being is I make mistakes from time to time. Well, I think, well, why can't it be this way or that way? Why does it have to be that way? The reason because that way is God's word. And God's word has never been wrong. Who am I to think that I could improve on what God has said? And it's so many people by the millions, yea, the billions in this world, want to twist God's word and add to it or take from it and make, them, make it say what they want it to say. You see, when you change God's word, you have defiled it. You have lowered it. You have brought it down to human concepts and levels. That can never be right. Therefore, I will never question God's word or doubt God's word or try to change God's word. I will simply accept it as my guide, knowing that it's proper and right. And I will give myself over to it and follow it to the very best of my being all the days of my life. And again, as we talked about Job a minute ago, he said, if God takes my life, that's okay. And we all know as Christians we're going to die at some point in time. 
Isn't it nice to die hopeful and confident in the word of God rather than just passing away from this earth? Therefore, I will not let anything take me away from God. That should be my pledge of allegiance to God. You know, we have this pledge of allegiance in our country. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And on it goes. I wish more Americans would do that today. But I wish every human being would pledge allegiance to God for what he stands for. You see, God stands for only things that are good and right and wholesome and honest. Those things are perfect. Therefore, I'm trusting him. I'm heading in the right direction, not the wrong direction. We talk about trusting God. I want to give you three reasons why we should trust God. I will trust God because of who He is. I can trust a lot of people and a lot of things, but they're all limited and finite. But God has no limits. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 46, verse number 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. When I'm in trouble, I need to be with God. I want God on my side. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 20 tells us that God knoweth all things. So if I've got a question, I don't need to ask somebody what their opinion or thought is. I need to ask God and pray to Him to give me the right answer. Why would I not trust God? James says in James chapter 1, verse number 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variables, neither shadow caused by turning. In other words, God is the self-existent one. He can get along without me, but I cannot get along without him. God alone has all sovereign power and authority. Therefore, I will trust God's word because of who he is. Paul said it this way in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God breathed. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. I can't beat that, can I? And David said in Psalm 119, verse number 11, Thy word have I hid, stored up in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And I need to be reminded also of what Paul said in Titus chapter 1, verse number 2, God can not lie. Which one of those words did you not understand? We understand it, don't we? No human being can make that statement. But God can. Therefore, I will trust God's holy, perfect word. Why then would I listen to any man who wants to change God's word or add to God's word or subtract from God's word? Or teach a doctrine that differs from God's word. That just doesn't make sense, does it, logically, according to the will of God. And thirdly, I'm glad that I can trust God's promises. Turn me to Romans chapter 4, verse number 20. Romans chapter 4, verse number 20. Paul is talking about Abraham, the man who trusted God, the father of the faithful, many great names for him. We won't take you go back in your private study and read chapter four, all of chapter four is reading up to this verse. 
You remember that Abraham and Sarah did not have children. God called to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a child. Your wife shall bear a child. What did Abraham do? He laughed. He was 99 years old at the time. But he staggered not at the promise of God. Verse number 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. When Abraham was 100 years old, they produced that child. And now 25 years later, when Abraham is now 125 years old, God said, Abraham, I want you to take that son, that son of promise, and I want you to sacrifice him to me, take his life. Can you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind? I lived for a hundred years without this child. You finally gave him so graciously and miraculously. And now you want me to kill him? What could be going through Abraham's mind? But he trusted God's word completely. And you knew that his, he was drawing back the knife to slay his own child. God stopped him because he saw Abraham's faith in action. Abraham trusted God with everything he had. Brothers and sisters, that truly is our challenge today. Satan and the world will do everything they can to conspire against us to pull us away from God. It is our faith in God and His power to provide for us whatever we need and whatever the circumstances are that we can be strong and we can continue to trust in Him. How wonderful that is. I can always rely upon God's Word. I can depend upon God's Word because it will never change. And as a result, I am the beneficiary and be able to receive God's blessings now and 50 billion years from now. I will still be in the presence of God in His glory because of my faith in Him. Listen to these following verses that will give us strength and motivation to continue living our lives to God's glory. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, God has promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 10, chapter, thir- uh, chapter 10, verse number 13. Here's one we need to remember every day and practice it. 10.13 of 1 Corinthians. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you, permit you, to suffer above that which you are able to be able to bear. But will with the temptation Provide a way of escape that ye may be able to bear that temptation. Folks, it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? The more I practice my faith in God and put it to practice every day in my life, the better my life becomes. The stronger I am. The more courageous I can be. The more confident I can be. Because I know that God is with me and blessing me with what I need in my life. Every time a temptation comes to me, I need to look immediately for the way of escape. 
Not figure out how can I maybe get around this and sneak around and maybe God will turn his head and he won't see it. No. I need to turn my back on evil. Turn my mind and my heart and thoughts away from temptation. And God will supply me the escape if I am willing to search for it. You see, my God wants me to be successful on this pilgrim journey of mine. And as pilgrims going anywhere, the people coming across the United States for the first time, they didn't know where they were going, what they would find out there. But they trusted themselves to continue faithfully to their journey, to their destination. I will rely on God 100% throughout the days of my life until I take my last breath here on earth, relying on Him for what I need. I want to do that to the very best of my ability, so I will follow His will every day. God's Word tells me what I must do in order to be saved. And again, talking back, why would anyone want to change or add to the Word of God? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 21, Peter said, you know the verse, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not a one of those words is incomprehensible. We can all understand that statement. I don't mean to be unkind. But having read 1 Peter 3.21, baptism doth also now save us. How can anyone think that they could be saved simply by opening their heart and receiving Jesus as their personal Savior, as so many people in the world teach today, and that verse is not found in the Bible? When we trust God, we will obey God. Was it not Jesus himself who said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved? We understand every one of those words, don't we? And Jesus made his statements so that people could follow him and be saved and do his word. And because of that, as children of God, I don't have to worry about what's happening on planet earth. Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse number 1, beginning, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. And Jesus is hours away from being crucified. But he knew the future. And he was correct. As child of God, I can have faith in God's knowing the future in my life. I don't know how and when and where my death will occur or what the circumstances will be. And that doesn't really matter to me. If I let my, my heart be troubled, I place my faith and confidence in God's will. Point number two in our lesson this morning. As God's child, I will obey God implicitly. O-B-E-Y. That word implicitly means absolutely. All of us from raising children, remember back when we were children, Mama, why do I have to do that? Dad, why do you want me to do that? And Dad said, because I told you. Is that not reason enough? After a few spankings, I learned that was reason enough. And I began to trust Him and have confidence in Him. So it is with us today. I will obey God absolutely, without questions or doubt or uncertainty. Turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> the church was in its infancy. 
And Peter and me, the apostles, have been put into, into prison for practicing and preaching the word of God. They've told him, don't teach the word of God anymore. They were put in prison for that. The angel came to them in the prison doors and opened the doors, and they were released. And they got out, Peter and John got out, and they went immediately back to the temple and started preaching again. And look at their answer. The officials came into them again and brought them before the high priest again. Verse number 28, the priest said to them, Did we not straight on right face to face with you command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and, the, and, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. As a child of God, are you, am I willing to make that pledge of allegiance? I should desire to obey the word of God regardless of what happens in my life. And I will challenge myself every day through every temptation throughout my life. People may laugh and scoff and scorn Christianity. Christianity is becoming a, a minority in the world today, isn't it? But that doesn't change us from our allegiance. Just as sure as I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, I have pledged my allegiance all day, every day with all of my heart to the glory of God and doing God's will in my life. And I should desire to obey every challenge Obey God and face any and every challenge that Satan will cast against me in my life. And I will encourage myself every day. Bill, you've survived this, you've survived this, you can survive this. Keep on going, keep on trusting God. Turn me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look in verse number 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12. Paul says, for, though, for the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which, is committed, which I have committed to him against that day. God is not going to fall down on his part of the bargain. If you live for me now here on earth, you can live with me eternally, he says. Therefore, verse number 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard from me. You do it in faith and love which comes from Christ Jesus. Paul's saying God will give you the strength and courage that you need to live every day to his honor and glory without caving in to this silly world in which we live. Do not let go. Pledge allegiance to God's will every day of your life. Point number three in our lesson this morning. I will understand, U-N-D-E-R-S-T-A-N-D, understand God's purpose for my life. When you've written that down, turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. Paul says, be ye not unwise, but understanding 
what the will of the Lord is. What does it mean to understand something? It comes from the word comprehend. To grab a hold of something. I see it, I want it, I pick it up. I've got a hold of it. Comprehend the Word of God. I read it, I study it, I obey it. Oh, I get it. That's what God means. You see, when I come to a greater appreciation of that in my life, the stronger my faith becomes, the stronger my courage goes. I understand what God wants me to do, and I will follow His will and practice that will in my life regardless. I will challenge old Bill every day. Bill, and you substitute your name there. I don't know what the world is going to give me today. But if I live through the end of this day, I know where I'm going to be. In the hands of Almighty God. Following His will to the very best of my ability. Regardless of what Satan has to say or do to me. I want to live up to God's expectation for me. All of us as parents have experienced that. We want our children to grow up and and be worthy of something. Make something of themselves. That's what Christianity is all about, isn't it? And we have a perfect example in our lives. Solomon said it this way, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And that word duty is in italics, it's not even in in the language. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the entirety of man. Why am I here? Fear God and keep His commandments. Put a period at the end of that sentence. No question marks, no doubts. I want to live as God wants me to live. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse number 10, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't shortchange us. He gave us every resource we need. Paul would say it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ. Did you ever see anybody walk down from a cross alive? It didn't happen. Nevertheless, I live. Why? Because Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. I don't live here because I'm so great and strong and powerful. I'm weak and frail and finite. But by the faith I have in God, as the song says, yet it is not I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. That's the way I am to live with God. God in my life. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 20. He said, Ye have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'm not on this world to be a hero to somebody. I'm not here to be president of the United States or a multimillionaire or the greatest person of all time. I am here for one purpose. You are here for one purpose. That is to glorify God in your life. In your body, your soul, and your spirit. With every, if you will, fiber of your being. To be His child. Oh, what a joyful situation it is. When we're children of God. The peace. The blessing. The harmony. Contentment that comes from being a child of God. Oh yes, we face difficult challenges every day of our lives and will continue as long as we live in this sinful world. But we don't have to give in to any of that. We can pledge allegiance to God.
As Paul neared the end of his life, he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, The time of my departure is now at hand. I am ready to be offered. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And you know the rest of it, don't you? Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day. And not to me only, but to all them who love his appearing. You see, I have the ability today to make the choice. Where do I want to spend eternity? With God in perfection and bliss? Or separated from God in eternal hell? Choice is an easy choice to make, isn't it? Are we willing to give our lives to God, become His children, and then live for Him to the very best of our abilities every day? That's the beautiful challenge, but that's the beautiful reward of being a child of God. As we stand to sing the song that's been announced this morning as a song of invitation, look into your heart, look into your mind. Are you right with God? If not, you can change that today. If you have never been born into God's kingdom, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're willing to repent of your sins, confess His deity as Son of God, and meet His cleansing blood in that water grave of baptism, rising to walk a new life, a child of God. Or maybe you've done those things in times past, but you've wandered away. God's still your Father. He still loves you. He says, come back home. Confess those sins. Repent of them. I'll forgive you. You can be saved again. If we may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing the song.